Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Fastlane Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and welcome to the review. I did that in the wrong order. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat, that is all there. And the WWE Fastlane, the final stop before WrestleMania, finally ended about 15 minutes ago or so. It's currently 2am over here in the UK. First note, with the American clocks changing before hours, and with the... I guess uh, with the uh, pay-per-views being shorter as well in this pandemic era, the WWE pay-per-views have fallen from what it was before at the ridiculous four hours for every single pay-per-view mandate to like now we're at two and a half hours for like a B pay-per-view. And it was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it flew by. A two and a half hours, absolute joy, uh, ease to watch. And obviously there's ups and downs and I'll get to that when I do the overall show. I'll be starting off with the kind of main event of Fastlane, which is why I've got that image up. But still, it was a easy watch, an enjoyable watch. Not not a difficult one at all. Really easy to get through. Harmless in some kind of way, apart from maybe the first hour, a bit more difficult, <laughs> really. But the uh, yeah, it was an ease of a pay-per-view. Uh, that's kind of how I'd explain it, like an easy watch. Like, no issues on that end, really. So yeah. Anyway, so I'll uh, be. I'll talk about the main event first. Let's get to that. The Universal Championship with that uh, Edge as ringside enforcer and Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. The match itself, all setting up for the main event at WrestleMania. Currently, Roman Reigns versus Edge. But after what happened, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Like we're expecting some form of shenanigans. What's going to happen? So WWE pay per view before. WrestleMania, we're like three weeks out. There's gonna be an angle of sorts kicking off here, and I saw like the big predicted one was being this turning into a triple threat. Maybe just the dynamic of Roman Reigns Edge for some reason needing to be shifted. But they, uh, yeah, it's kind of maybe it's a bit like who's gonna be the babyface, and that's what Daniel Bryan becomes. Like you got Roman because this felt a lot more heel from Edge, uh, type of character shift that I'd assume the man himself would prefer to be able to do. And Roman Reigns the out and out heel. Edge is kind of now like an in-between kind of force in a way. And Daniel Bryan is the babyface. Because I feel like maybe what the match was missing was a modern-day babyface uh, hero for the current guys to actually hit, uh, cheer and get behind. Daniel Bryan is that. Even though like Edge is the likely one to maybe... Or, worryingly, <laughs> Daniel Bryan is the guy that Edge can pin. So he can get... So Roman Reigns can technically not be... So Edge gets his win, but he can't beat Roman Reigns. That's my other fear. <laughs> That's the reason they've done this, is Edge is winning, but he can't be beating Roman Reigns. I guess in goes Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I guess, in a way. Uh, we'll wait and see. Talk about the match itself. So, first off, Roman Reigns with another killer main event. <laughs> Who would have seen that coming in this amazing run so far? Like, how this... This isn't even Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns' like first great match at Fastlane. I remember when the fans were like really behind uh, Daniel Bryan and it's, I think it was at WrestleMania where Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble. And they had Daniel Bryan go in <laughs> to have... I had a match with uh, Roman Reigns before WrestleMania at Fastlane. The fans were really behind him and got massively uh, yeah, behind him and didn't get behind Roman. And they had a great match. But I remember at the time it was a lot of feeling of, uh, oh, Daniel Bryan, it's got to be him. <laughs> when it wasn't, there was a lot of worry. Uh, but yeah, this... I feel like, of course, a lot of times moved on since then. That was back in 2015. It's been six years, a lot has moved on and changed and happened, and this was a solid main event. The ultimate question being of the ultimate opportunist, would he ultimately opportune? <laughs> the answer's yes. <laughs> kind of. Well, no, I won't really call it opportune rather than angry yet reaction, really. Um, I would say, like, for this match as well, like, Brian, we'll get to what Edge did in a second, but like, the match itself... I thought it was a little bit interesting because they really did build Daniel Bryan as a threat, which for some reason I wasn't expecting. I was expecting him to have flurries, but Roman Reigns to be somewhat dominant. And no, Daniel Bryan had genuine stretches where he controlled the match here. It was painted as a threat, which again makes me think, are they doing the fast lane, the uh, kind of alteration at fast lane to then go into WrestleMania, change it into a triple threat? Because Daniel Bryan was put over pretty strong here. And the only reason he lost was because of Edge doing the chairs thing. So he's again a tweener. You got your pure babyface Daniel Bryan, pure heel women Reigns, tweener Edge. It it feels like after this show, the the cards are in place. You go with the triple threat after this, and we'll we'll see what actually happens. But yes, uh, Roman obviously 
Like, he was taking... He took it well when Danny Pine started essentially using his wrestling acumen to taunt him. Like, almost toying with the man in the early part of the match. Uh, Yeah, Roman obviously took that well and eventually just beat down the lad. Uh, I've kind of summed up about 15 minutes in pretty, pretty simple fashion, but that's kind of the run of it. Danny Bryan genuinely was the, like, kind of toying with him. Uh, Edge pacing around ringside too, like pointing every now and then. It's like, oh, you, uh, like a teaching assistant. Oh, you, uh, do your work. Stop chatting. <laughs> Stop chatting. Pro ringside enforcing. <laughs> Good stuff. Also, with the referee down uh, for the final act, the uh, Canadian was indeed called into action. Uh, but it was Jay Uso causing the chaos. Uh, Edge didn't use it to kind of force his own will upon the match. That's the one thing I was questioning what would happen or not. Would Edge, well, as I phrased it, ultimately opportune? And the answer was no. He just had an angry reaction and then left. Yeah, he, caused, he ended up causing the most chaos, but it was Jay Uso who was the one igniting it. With, uh, with Brian with the yes lock locked in for the third time, in the match, he had the trouble chief like properly down. <laughs> Roman Reigns is in genuine trouble here when his cousin comes to the aid and he has the plan. The referee was down after a running knee from Brian went rogue, and uh, Jey Uso, yeah, go for Edge and then beat up Daniel Bryan because Edge had come in as like a second referee of sorts, and they'd beat him up and go and beat up Bryan. Hopefully, that gets Reigns to win. Uh, it didn't work, <laughs> and the uh, the lad got walloped with a chair. But Daniel Bryan's then secondary attempt to swing at Roman missed and hit Edge instead. So Jey Uso brought the craziness and the, and the chair into the match. But it then directly led into Daniel Bryan hitting Edge. Which, uh, yes, hit him instead. Also, it turns out the case as well. That meant that Roman Reigns was able to go for something. But again and again, like Daniel Bryan was countering that spear. I, don't think, I, don't, I can't remember if he ever hit it. If he ever actually hit the spear. Uh, be it with uh, a good old kick <laughs> or late in the match with like, a full-on swing into the S-lock, which looked awesome. Uh, successfully making Reigns tap. Not official, but Roman's words about like never submitting that she was saying on SmackDown, like he's never tapped in his entire career. He's, he will never submit. Uh, that came to full fruition, where on camera he tapped and he directly saw it, but no official. So it's one of those, well now, technically... He's never tapped. <laughs> it's been no. It's on his record. It's not there. It's like it never happened. So like, oh, I, for a heel, I like that sort of thing to happen. But angry Edge with the angry swings to both men in anger. <laughs> I guess yeah. After he got hit by Daniel Bryan, he had again a massively overreaction whilst shouting like, "This is mine. This is my thing. This is mine. This is what are you doing?" And just just left in pure anger that like, this is meant to be my moment. And Daniel Bryan, you're ruining it. It's meant to be mine and you're ruining it. And just leaves. <laughs> again, again, less cartoony than how I've just done it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so yeah, did that and left. Uh, which led Daniel Bryan down in the ring uh, for Roman Reigns to pin him. We also made this note of, like, there were some awesome counts in this match as well. Uh, Daniel Bryan's, like, more technical whilst Reigns's were of like pure power <laughs> like see the awesome Rana caught and carried into the crab that was fantastic that one uh, kicks galore as I've already talked about the spear just swung into the S-lock as well uh, yeah, the entire match was full of counter reversals from both men in those veins as well like kicks galore as Brian flurried into action like knees fly from all directions yes kicks chopping the Samoan ja- down but the champion always had more like, he seemed to always stay in the match, and it was never really affected until, at the end, it just became too much. And, like, in the end, both men were out of it thanks to Edge's attack, and Roman was able to drag his limp body over and snatch the three. Like, the most in clear danger we've seen Reigns, uh, tapping on camera just, like, with no ref to call it. Uh, but with what happened here at Fastlane, it looks like we very well may be driving into a WrestleMania triple threat. I don't know what... Everyone else thinks about that. I I don't know. The because often of the level of kind of story we get in WWE, I don't often hold heavy opinion on these things. Like for example, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Well, I'll be talking about that one next because I'll be going down the card in order. But oh, should I do the Fiend next? That's if I don't end on the Fiend. <laughs> I think that's probably wise. I'll do that. Um, maybe it makes sense to go up the card in order just because in terms of like talking points. The first hour wasn't great. 
I might go up to Seth Rollins and then just that first hour of what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, it was... I thought, yeah, the main event itself, it, it was a strong main event, as it always is, it has been with these Roman Reigns ones. And again, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan have already killed it at Fastlane in the past. This was obviously with new character dynamics and the ultimate opportunist at ringside. Uh, he didn't ultimately opportune, but he did cause it to have angry action, angry man. Uh, yeah, it was a yeah, strong main event, I thought. I, th I did think the second half of the show was way stronger than the first. Or, I guess when Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura had their match, immediate swing. Like, it was even weird, it, it, like, the pre-match like little skit thing where it's Viddle going up to him on his scooter and, hello, the chat. <laughs> uh, Viddle scooting up to Shinsuke Nakamura was a bit weird, but as soon as Seth Rollins' music hit, for me, the rest of the pay-per-view was just in, like, full gear, going to WrestleMania in really strong fashion. Um, some of it won't be for everybody, <laughs> fair to say. Uh, but yeah, this main event was really strong. I yeah, get. I, it's not the match of the night, but it did set up WrestleMania in an intriguing way. To, uh, to a point where nothing was massively confirmed, but you can see the dice throw. The cards are there, you can see what could possibly happen. And it seems to scream triple threat. And that's, you're just doing Jey Uso down in Bayern, which doesn't feel right, because it was Edge who screwed everything up here. I feel like this set up a triple threat with Roman Reigns clear heel, Edge tweener, or because he's like that returning legend, still got that awesome story. I feel like the fans are gonna might even be 50-50 on him, and Daniel Bryan might get more cheers. I don't know. I don't feel like the support of Daniel Bryan is what it was, but it feels like they're the roles they're playing: heel, tweener, babyface, which is like perfect for a triple threat. Go with that. Yeah, I feel like they're all work perfectly fine. Daniel Bryan playing the exact role he did back at WrestleMania 30. Somehow he's got his way back in again. This time at WrestleMania Pirate Ship. Uh, yeah. Strong main event. Remember Mage Daniel Bryan. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Sets up WrestleMania. Lovely. Uh, as long as you like your main event shenanigans and your pausing for Roman Reigns to talk about <laughs> to talk to his opponent like what do you think you're doing lad? You know just a bit more you know less London Cockney <laughs> more, 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 more I'm not even I'm going to do it do the essence of what he said in the accents that I am surrounded by. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not really, not really much more to say, really. I, I mean, you find that a lot with this fascinating pay-per-view, where into, it did move things along and it changed things into gear. Some rivalries that really need, needed that gear shift or just something to force it into that next bit to change lanes so that they're directly going towards WrestleMania for these last three weeks. But overall, as a show, it's, it felt very B-pay-per-view. Like, it's still almost screamed like one match card apart from it had a really apart from Drew McIntyre Sheamus actually ripped that apart actually like when I was watching that first hour I was like oh, this feels like a <laughs> B pay-per-view uh, but yeah it did kind of shift as it went on I guess right, before we get into the main show like my overall thoughts it's uh, again that it's not a great first hour like a really bad first impression but it then got better and better as it went on and then, of course, like your view of the supernatural sh nonsense stuff with The Fiend and Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Your view on that, obviously, it's, it seems to be a massive 50-50 like, split of you either love it or you're just, what is this crap? <laughs> like, they're the two sides you're on. Yeah, there isn't really anything in between with it. I feel like I'm very naturally moving on. I just want to, to, to try and give like an overall view of the show, just because like, I even put it out on Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna put on there. I don't know what stars I'd give it or whatever. I like I was just trying to think there's been so many weird things on this show, I really don't quite know how to grade it, but it's mixed in with genuinely great stuff. Like when I get to Jurak and Sheamus, fantastic match. <laughs> Incredible brawl. But then you get to uh, Alex, uh, the first hour of the show, or Alex Bliss, Randy Orton. I guess uh, Alex Bliss, Randy Orton is a lot more subjective, just because it's uh, yeah again that fifty-fifty split. But the first half of the show wasn't grand; it was really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Alex Bliss, Randy Orton. Yeah, because that's get it out of the way, and it's supernatural nonsense time. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, the Bonics not even waiting for Bliss to enter before they began. Like, Orton splitting black blood as he posed in the corner. Like, the nonsense just right off the bat. <laughs> just getting going. Like, I'm... Choke, <coughs> cough a bit. I'm assuming this was, like, 50-50 live and recorded. I'm just actually going to very quickly get up the image. I just remember I've not actually got it up. Eh. 
I can do this. Ah, oh, there we are. There we are. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting... It's an interesting one, <laughs> I guess to say, where it was full-on shenanigans from the get-go without really... Any, I just feel like I'm just dragging something. That's why I'm being weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was... It was an interesting one where it... Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it... I, f I assume it was 50-50 live and recorded again. I, I, and again, I assume after the success of TLC, they thought that's probably the way to go forward. Don't know how they're going to do it at WrestleMania or what they're going to do. It's going to be pure funhouse nonsense. Just play a video. Um, lots of close shots of Randy as Alexa did spooky spook. Flames! Ah! A bit of a light lighting rig. Ah! <laughs> it's just, that's kind of run of it. Bliss kind of... Uh, Bliss taunting Randy all the way. Where... As like as media, because I was really interested because I was like WWE don't do intergender wrestling, and as soon as I saw this match announced, like well they they haven't changed their outlook on that. So what is this going to be? I just assumed it'd be pre-taped nonsense where we go backstage and he do really Randy Orton walking down a hallway, looking about, and then the door opens and he walks into the room and a thing happens. Like I was expecting kind of run of the mill stuff like that, try and trigger the fiends like walking up behind him or something. I, I prefer what they did <laughs> to that. I set a really low bar. <laughs> I guess that's... It doesn't mean reviewing this. My bar was low. And they tried to meet their TLC bar. And uh, I don't think they did meet it. But uh, again, I would call that Inferno match like the first time the Inferno match dip like, actually was able to meet the build they were going for. Just because there's no fans in there, you can go mental. The execution, like... In terms of the, how the body... Act, I feel like the only downfall of that match was how crap the body looked. <laughs> and they, they, that, that didn't obviously work. But the rest of it, yeah, they, they did it rather well. And this, I think, tried to echo the same things. 50-50 live and recorded, which I think was the way to go. Of course, dropping lighting rigs or whatever. <laughs> just here. Um, yeah, but with Randy Orton, like, as, as Alexa Bliss was doing all this, all he could do was stare at her. I was like, what are you going to do? And she pulls her face pulls the lightning down. He's like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and I would say, in terms of the reveal, then Alexa Bliss, after dropping the lightning rig, he goes, pretty quick, this. Alexa Bliss then climbs into her turnbuckle to goad Randy Orton into the next location, which was in the middle of the ring. As soon as he gets Randy into the middle of the ring, we see the shot of Randy, and underneath, <laughs> on the mat, we can see a burnt arm kind of fight through. Uh, I think there was like a horror cue, like a dong, or it's just like, they, or they turned up, they did <laughs> that was me trying to do that cutting a mat sound. Uh, I realised as soon as I lifted up my arm, like, I've got no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> so he, yeah, the fiend cut open the mat, put his hand up, to, uh, all the burnt, and immediately I thought, his hand's burnt. This is giving me a good, is a good feeling so far. Please say there's some form of, like he's a burnt version of the fiend. Uh, I wasn't expecting to go to the level that they did. So a burnt arm of the fiend pokes out of the ring, and suddenly you see his full for a big burst of fire. <laughs> and he return you see his head pop up as well. You so see he's like, it looks a bit melted, but it's not you can't quite see clearly. Then big flames and he properly turns he turns all ashen and scarred to hit sister Abigail and then uh, let Alexa get the rodeo pin. That's as PG as I can describe it. <laughs> Now there's not a yeah, it's not a YouTube friendly pin. <laughs> actually did there, uh, but yeah, the melted mask looked cool. The weird body armor though, not entirely. I got a feeling quite a few might think he looks a bit stupid. However, he had the uh, like the burnt uh, work done on his arm, and he had the the mask as well as made like a melted version of the mask, which had a bit of like again fake burning skin kind of looking thing on it as well. Really appreciated that. I generally thought that looks... It looked great in a specific way. And that way is pure 80s slasher sequel nonsense. <laughs> well, this is this is that level of stuff for me. Where they they return, but, he, but he's all kind of, yeah, like burnt like that. And uh, it might look a little bit silly, but it's then his demeanour afterwards, which reminds you that it is him still. Uh, yeah. And uh, for me, that's... Seem to be what they're going for, so success, I guess. <laughs> I mean, consensus-wise, immediately on Twitter, just a stream of that was crap, that was awful, what was that? <laughs> Strange, so weird. And for me, again, my bar of walking down halls, 
going into random rooms and pulling faces <laughs> was really low. <laughs> so to say it was actually in the ring, to say that they had Alexa Bliss pull a few faces, had pulled some things down, that was it was a high, it was better than what I had put as my really low bar. So there's that. They went to meet the TLC bar rather than a random episode of Raw. <laughs> so that's a plus. But uh, the whole themed reveal is the whole subjective bit. And I could see why some won't like it. For me personally, it's 80 slasher stuff. And I've struggled to see the fiend in a much more of a, like any more depth, really. He's been going for that kind of slasher horror kind of vibe a bit. Um, I felt like in the earlier days there, there was a potential of more. And I was really into the character. And I would say I was really into it even... I was going to say even maybe up to Hell in a Cell. Or I thought they could maybe fix the character going into that WrestleMania. Then they did the whole thing with Goldberg and it's collapsed. And uh, with John Cena as well, I thought that was another like rev- kind of reviving the character out of Goldberg type of scenario. But I would say that he's gone more and more into like the slasher horror supernaturally stuff, and less and less with the kind of depths that the character has. Like maybe you're just used to it. You're used to the Funhouse segments having messages in them. They've I felt like they've, they've become more and more clear as time's gone on. As they all would be cool if he did this and he had this clear thing that's blatantly this thing. But you also expect them to be there. Um, but then when it comes to The Fiend itself, it definitely needed a redesign or a rethink of some manner. And I kind of like the, again, 80 slasher sequel nonsense <laughs> of him returning. Just completely charred, his mask all melted. <laughs> For some reason wearing big body armour. That is classic 80 slasher sequel nonsense. Lower budget. <laughs> Get your weird armour on, we make it all black. It'll save us money on makeup. <laughs> that level of stuff. Uh, that's what the, the Fiend point two is for me. 80 slasher sequel. That, that's what he is. Uh, again... As soon as it ended, I was like, I have got no idea how to review this. <laughs> I've got no idea. And I feel I've described... Uh, you've heard the tone I've talked about it in. I, I, I don't think I liked it. <laughs> Even though I've been, all, I've been all giggly through it and I've, I felt like I've talked about it in a pretty chipper tone. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I liked it. <laughs> it, was just, um, it gave me entertainment, but I don't know if I liked it. I'm still at that point now. My my immediate thoughts are not gathered in any form of opinion. It's just, I can say these things. I can make these relations. I've got no idea <laughs> what I thought about it. Um, I might just have to leave it at that. Yeah, it was things that happened. It was, yeah, it wasn't... Again, I'm not going to rate it as a match. That wasn't a match. It was a, again, that's like a segment setting up a thing. Alexa Bliss beat Randy Orton. Which <laughs> is... Uh, it's going to be in the history books forever. But yeah, it's going somewhere. I don't know if... It, I, I assume it'll be family... Uh, sorry, Firefly Funhouse, because that feels like it fits the kind of feedback it's gone so far. It's gone so supernatural off that end. Like, how on earth do you just then do a match? Like, how do you go to WrestleMania Pirate Ship and then just have a match? <laughs> like, you don't. <laughs> Even though the Fiend entrance is fantastic and amazing. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, how do you escalate... How do you have like a blow-off moment to this? What they've had so far, we've had Ash. It's Ashen Fiend, <laughs> melted mask, and everything. Like, what do we do now? Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. It's got my interest. The Fiend stuff has always had my interest. Like, right, what are we gonna do now? Some of it has surprised me positively, but most of it is mm, like when Alexa Bliss was main eventing almost like every episode of Raw with a Fiend thing. For me, a lot of those were miss, but they hit every now and then. I've got no idea what I thought about this. I think some things I liked, other things fell into that uh, uh, kind of level. So that's why it's a weird one. It's a mixture of them all, and I've got no idea what my overall opinion is. Uh, but I do know what my overall opinion is for the match that came before that. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love this match. Uh, no holes barred. Uh, the Scot and an Irishman beating a living crap out of each other. Uh, no, it's not too British. When I say two British lads, it's two lads from the British scene, but Ireland's not part of Britain. <laughs> I need to bring that up. <laughs> Technically, it's a British lad and an Irish lad, but they're both from the British scene, so I kind of understand if you say it's two British lads because they were wrestled on that scene. Uh, to be fair, like OTT in Ireland gets brought into like British wrestling, uh, so I guess I'm being a bit world nerdy. <laughs> Just leave it. It's fine. Uh, but yeah. Drew and Shamu finally get their big pay-per-view battle. Like, good on them. 
And these two beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> and like the tone and presentation so spot on, like top notch a top notch video package, really well produced, really building up their history of a friendship and then the, the ante and the angst has grown. Uh, the war paint on Drew, uh, the flames firing uh, in the background, bellowing in the background as well. Like, such a great stage setter. And a big old brawl immediately to ringside. Like, get that crap off the announce table from the bat. <laughs> Weapons out. And uh, launch right into it with no nonsense. Uh, yeah, M amazing tone setter. Like, not long till, like, Seamus's pale skin with bright red with kendo stick wounds. <laughs> whilst he ran steel steps into Drew's face. Sums it all up. <laughs> the battle of war immediately visible as he's then knocking the other guy down with big heavy thing. <laughs> uh, the two brawled all over and uh, fighting amongst the Thunderdome screens as well. Drew launched Shamu down through the screen, sparks flying off in, the, in a display of a boom. <laughs> uh, AW, they're jealous wise. I mean, that for me, that was case an example of if you show it in a certain way, then if it doesn't quite work, it doesn't really matter compared to AEW where when the thing didn't go off there was no plan B for what how do you shoot it if it doesn't quite work have you got a smoke screen have you got a certain angles to go for where you can kind of hide it like that like a close WWE always go for close-up sometimes it works fine but because they went for the close-up you missed the cool thing uh, and other times it just makes you think there's going to be like a safety thing below them where they stop at a certain point so they don't capture it and other times you find out that wasn't the case at all and they just edited the Braun Strowman shot of him lifting an ambulance because they thought that's what gave the shot tension and things. But in reality, single shot looked amazing. <laughs> They've still not learnt that. <laughs> oh, even with their augmented reality. Like the very start of the show was the... They had the fast lane and it had the kind of logos and sponsors and it kind of went down a road and it had depth to it. It was like, oh yeah, they're going down the road this augmented reality shot that they've created. And... Whilst it was going on, they cut twice <laughs> to a crowd of people. Then go, they're moving, moving crowd person, moving, moving crowd person, moving, moving. It's like I, I have so many questions about WWE production. <laughs> like, why it's fine to stay on the thing? This is the lesson that Charlie Chaplin taught to America. <laughs> you fall backwards over your head and your feet land on the bed. You leave the shot there for a second, so you soak in the funny. You don't then immediately cut because the action's finished. Like, no, you hold it there for a bit. Um, yeah. I've just related WWE AR graphics to Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, sometimes I... Yeah. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Amazing brawl all over inside. Uh, so enjoyable watching these two batter each other. Uh, it's difficult coming back down from my Charlie Chaplin comparison. Back to Drew, Drew McIntyre versus Seamus. Like, yeah. Why not have Drew McIntyre suplex Sheamus off a crate onto the Thunderdome floor after that big boom screen spot? A brutal match. <laughs> Sheamus get, got his own licks in too. A big old white noise off the barricade, crashing through the announce table. Uh, for once a fitting piped in this is awesome chant. The, uh, the Drew, 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 Drew. Not quite as much, especially as that is a chant I've never heard. <laughs> Maybe at ICW? Um, WWE word, Worlds, I've never heard that chant ever, uh, and obviously it starts in beat once it goes, once it starts, but because you're just playing a sound recording on a loop, eventually it becomes a really unnatural beat, <laughs> so, and uh, th this is awesome chant as well, as soon as it played, it was after the white noise on the announce table, looked great, it was fantastic, such an amazing beat at that point in the match, uh, these two absolutely destroying each other, this is awesome plays, great, this is awesome, Still playing as Seamus rolls Drew into the ring. Like, no, <laughs> it would have stopped by now. <laughs> you played it too long. But uh, you nailed the rest of it. But yeah, they beat the pissing tar of each other. <laughs> Absolute war. Uh, fantastic stuff. Like, the familiar, familiar, I can't say it, familiarity on display in the end again as well as the two countered and reversed until Seamus got, dry, got driven down with the future shock to set up the Claymore. Such a great match. Those two bloody killed it. And Seamus has gone up onto Twitter and posted a photo of his back saying that WrestleMania came 20 days early. Yeah, brutal match. Fantastic stuff. But can't recommend this match highly enough. Like a brutal uh, all-out war. <laughs> Bored all over the place. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. Genuinely a fantastic match. Like absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, could have been, it's time imagine when you watch it like that could have been at WrestleMania for the title. It had everything going into it. Um, 
did it here instead. Go for Bobby Lee Lashes versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. But yeah, really, really good work. Fantastic stuff. And before that was Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. See what I mean? I've talked about Alexa Bliss Randy Orton, and then before, which is like so kind of split and weird. And there's Drew McIntyre Sheamus. Absolutely killed it. Universally loved. <laughs> it's like, how do you rate a pay-per-view like that with such massive swings? <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but also, Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura kicked off the second hour. And, whoa, finally, we have Shinsuke back. Uh, playing tag team second fiddle for the past couple of years, like after turning heel. Uh, this past week on Smackers, his character acted like the man of old for the first time in ages. Like Seth's head also not 100% in the game as he kept ranting on about Cesaro. And it's like, oh man, it's nice to mention all of these names in a featured light again. <laughs> it's no longer lower down in the card tag team fodder, if anything. It's like, oh yeah, these are all guys in the great program. Uh, the match itself... Built fantastically. You got to see both guys kill it. And the ending stretch of exchanges, reversals and close falls was so damn good. Like an excellent pace and innovative uh, like step up reverse kick thing. <laughs> which uh, followed it all from Seth Rollins. The blow was enough to keep the Japanese star down for the stomp and the three. Great match. I felt like it didn't hit that final gear we know both men have. But it was still a blast. Not really much more to say, really. I mean, because it's a B pay-per-view, it felt like these two had a really good B pay-per-view match. As in, almost like you say on television, where they have like an awesome, a fantastic back and forth, the crowd get really into it, the final exchange of, of reversals are fantastic. <laughs> but, it's like, you, like when Seth Rollins did that kick, I was ready for like one, like the, this, the, for that to signify the final act, not quite the final move. And for me, that's the difference between WrestleMania and pay-per-view like this you have a really solid match but this is still the b pay-per-view you don't then do that extra five ten minute stretch of like which stays at this ridiculous pace <laughs> it just really builds up that who is going to win type stuff which we know both men are capable of but yeah they it was still like great <laughs> i still really enjoyed it let's leave them wanting more thing i felt like they did that here where I was ready for a further act or so, which I guess is perfect for the one before WrestleMania. Just getting Cesaro versus uh, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I can't see that not being fantastic. Especially if they hit a similar beat as this, and then they do add that extra 5-10 minutes of that or a really fast pace back and forth. So yeah, a blast of a watch. Really, for me, that uh, Cesaro... Uh, sorry, uh, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, for me... That's when it completely switched into being you know, decent. Uh, the pay-per-view really switched levels because I thought the first hour was a bit of a mess. And I, I'd be really surprised if you don't hear something similar from everybody else. There's something uh, something that was in the air this first hour. And I was getting really worried <laughs> about the rest of the... I mean, I looked at the card and I was like, surely you've got Seth Rollins, Shinsuke. You've got Daniel Bryan remains in the main event. You've got Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, which have been built absolutely like massively to this big old brawl type of match that we're surely going to get, and we did. Like I was just short. Like I got really worried. <laughs> it's because the way the booking had gone. It's not like normal WWE fair because I'm going to be going through the card in order now. But it was like a normal WWE fair of the wrestlers doing a great job. But when the booking kicked in, what is this crap? <laughs> kind of reactions. <sighs> yeah. So, the show started with the Women's Tag Team Championships, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Shasha Banks and Bianca Belair. My immediate thought the entire time I've been watching this Smutdown stuff building to this match, like the moment it was, uh, this match was announced for Fastlane, I was like, I've got no idea why this is still going so close to WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> watching this match as well, it was a solid opener, like with the hope of something happening to properly kick us into WrestleMania build mode. We got it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Amazing transition. Uh, Banks and Belair showing how their teamwork has grown with some flipping great <laughs> double team moves. Uh, a glam slam into a stiff knee. Yes, please. And Bianca Belair getting an awesome 450 as well. They, she got some offense. It's looked great. Um, after failing because of Reginald at the last pay-per-view, uh, the challenge were getting another shot here. But this time, he's on the baddie side. Oh, what's going to happen? The answer is they're just going to deal with him. <laughs> like, uh, again... It's been three weeks. It's three weeks, I before WrestleMania, and you've not moved on from like from elimination chamber. You're still on 
the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler kind of Reginald dynamic with Banks and Belair. Just, why? <laughs> why is that still going on this close? Uh, uh, this was a great example of what I was talking about earlier. Some of the matches needed some a show like this to just completely shift their gears. Just to wipe them clean of whatever crap they're on and just get kick them into WrestleMania gear. Because I've, I've started to see quite... Again, I kind of distanced myself a bit. And uh, watching the New Japan Cup and covering that has kind of helped me distance myself from the WWE talk that much. But I've seen quite a few people kind of go off as go off Bank and Belair as like winning, and for me that's purely because of the build. Like there's still excitement for the match, but the build itself has been so lackluster and done absolutely no favors to building Banks and Belair as a match that I've I've just seen people who are WWE fans just kind of fall off of. The idea of Bianca, like, still, still talking about it positively, but it's just that falling off the idea of Bianca Belair winning because WWE haven't done any form of job to convince you that she should because they've been in whatever they've been in. I felt like it was a decent stop, like holdover feud to Elimination Chamber, but when we reach Fastlane and we're still in that, it's like guys, you needed to start convincing me that Bianca Belair should be champion, and you haven't done it. <laughs> like uh. that said. The Sasha Anger turn happened in this match. So you've got the dynamic now. Suddenly, and I felt like the way Bianca Belair reacted was also great. The shifts... I, I don't think the action itself was that good. It felt extremely forced and uh, the beat didn't feel natural or really believable at all. However, the character turns that happened are so necessary <laughs> and set us down as such a great path that I can't really wait until... What happens next? I just realised I haven't changed the picture at all. So there goes. Oh, I've made the wrong thing. Where's my thing? Ah, but goodbye. Goodbye, that one. Goodbye, Drew and Shamu. Goodbye, Shin. And there we are, women's tag. <laughs> Nailed it. There you go. I'll remember eventually. One day I will bloody remember to do this. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the anger turn. The actual things that happened, 100% necessary. Get us towards WrestleMania. Uh, Sasha's got a more kind of heel tropes about her. And Bianca Belair. Her, I thought her reaction was really good. Like instead of getting all uppity trying to convince Sasha or or whatever, she just pointed at the WrestleMania side. It's like right, right then I know where we stand. Then so I thought that was like a much better reaction than what we've seen in the past. Uh, and with this feud, it's the perfect way to go. But I the actual in the match itself is <laughs> this is where I got two evaluations. On paper, this is the right thing to do. In terms of where you take Sasha's character, where you take Bianca's character, where you built in WrestleMania. Personally, would have loved for this to have happened weeks ago. <laughs> Just to give us a bit more time. So we're, so we're hitting three weeks before WrestleMania. And there's you're not seeing comments like, oh, I feel like Sasha should hold on now. Like You're not seeing comments like that. Because you've had time to build and try and convince us Bianca should win. Because for me, that's the best scenario. Where you don't know who's going to win, but you've tried to convince us that the road for either person would be good but they've been busy with whatever, with whatever this is <laughs> um but yeah again if where they're going is for me perfect and what's needed however how they did it in the match wasn't uh, wasn't that great <laughs> so sasha's anger turn for me not believable in the slightest uh, she she had the bank statement in on basler in the middle of the ring belair clearly waits until naya runs in to then hop over sasha hop over sasha and then try and stop Nia from doing something to the pin. Uh, also, she's attacking Nia in the direction that Sasha is facing because of the uh, bank statement. So, even there even is a like a tad of a pushing back towards Nia before um, before uh, Bianca Belair then gets pushed by Nia, falling down onto Sasha and Shayna and breaking up the hold, and that caused Sasha. To flip out in anger, <laughs> guess like uh, Bianca like getting in the way when she like she, I had the show I had this one she was about to tap. What the hell are you doing? And uh, yeah, that anger got Banks rolled up and pinned. And like, first off, three weeks out of WrestleMania, pinning Banks, which means that Banks and Belair just their build has been them getting pinned by the tag team champions. Again, these are meant to be like, your big singles ones. They meant to be trying to convince me that either one it would be a good road to go down as champion. But you keep pinning them for some reason in this weird tiff angle. Again, not that bad towards Elimination Chamber. It would still be doing it three weeks before WrestleMania. For me, the, the angle's naff. Executed naffly. But the kind of shifting gear was done really well. 
So immediately, just like that slap from Satchel did not hold back. Someone said, <laughs> whipped the, uh, slapped the eyelashes <laughs> off of Bianca Belair. And yeah, just that, that after the match for me just kind of saved it quite a lot. For, for the reasons I've already talked about. But it was a kind of like a vicious slap that really centers us in that next gear. And I was like, oh, okay, now we know where we stand. Sasha is a lot more heel and Baker Belair knows where she stands as well. Uh, it's just that in the match itself, the actual carrying out of the couch and behind the couch switches, it's just the way they were done for me. Didn't believe it when I was watching it. I was just like, oh, okay, this feels like a pretty forced angle here. <laughs> the action I saw before me did not kind of lead to the reaction of one of the characters. Uh, so henceforth, not believable. So, yeah. But it doesn't go for... This is WWE, and in terms of going forward, this was the right kind of road to go down. So, again, not much criticism. Uh, next up, Apollo Crews versus Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. Immediate thoughts, this is more like it. Because I felt so down after that <laughs> women's match where yeah, I wasn't... A, it's, for me, it's just not an exciting angle, and it's a bit naff, and it ended naffily, but they went in the right direction. So it's one of those with mixed feelings where I didn't actually enjoy the match, but I got excited for what was to come next. But this from the get-go, like, fire from the get-go. <laughs> a big E with a, like, his mighty champion spear through the ropes, like, from the start, and his, like, big splash with Apollo draped on the uh, hardest part of the ring, <laughs> of the edge of the ring apron as well. Uh, then after that, like Apollo fought back nicely too. Like Biggie was stomping into Apollo Cruz with force in like a really, yeah, really great viciousness from him. And Apollo Cruz then fought back nicely himself. But just when we got into a back and forth flow, a sequence of pins ended up with Biggie scoring a three for the win. Back to Cratsville we go. <laughs> it's like oh god damn it, that match was building so incredibly well. And then it's a screwy finish because they're assumably going to do this match at WrestleMania. Like, they've decided this match is going to happen at WrestleMania. But that meant, as soon as that happened, I was just so worried that are we in for an entire night of screwy finishes? And things like this where you're enjoying the match, then the booking kicks in and it's trash. Like, that was my like, biggest worry. And like, I felt, I kind of felt lucky that it didn't do that. <laughs> really? I felt, yeah, I was yeah, kind of like happy that that didn't happen for the rest of the show. Like, after uh, Strowman Elias, like, yeah, the, the show kicked into a nice little gear. But, yeah, it's, yeah, back to the were like, I honestly thought there'd been a massive production botch. Like, with everything being piped in audio-wise. Like, piped in on cue when it felt like something was clearly missed. Like, maybe production meeting-wise or whatever it is. Or they just messed up with the audio. Like... The audio I was hearing didn't match how the pins had gone, but they went with the audio's narrative. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> so incredibly weird. Like, the crowd counting the three was not in time for what I was seeing. And they were doing it as this big reaction. It was so strange and weird. Um, if I'm right, it, that is what, like, a thing was happened once. Oh, I can't really remember. I've, I've watched it back because I live in the UK. I can do that. <laughs> if I'm right. Uh, Apollo Crews had Big E's shoulders down. Then Big E gets Apollo Crews' shoulders down, but Big E's shoulders are also still down at that point, and it's really weird, and that's when it ends, and they just say Big E won. It's like, so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. But they had the crowd count three. Yeah, it's virtual. If you mess up, like, why would you have to... Why would you have to put it... That's why it's so strange. This is all piped in. Like, no crowd was actually counting three. <laughs> it's so strange. Just pretend it was an audio glitch and go with it. It's fine. They went with the audio narrative. So strange. <laughs> so weird. And for me, the fact that there were no replays kind of cemented that for me. Like, it's WWE and it's all so hands-on produced that I can't picture them not showing the replay. As in, if that was the planned finish and they didn't show replays, or maybe just because it was meant to end in a quick pin there, and Apollo does beat him up afterwards uh, to like, get back that heat. Uh, but Big E didn't get his shoulders up, so it's like a weird double pin thing, so that's why. So even it might have been the planned finish, just did it wrong. But the way the count goes, the way he's not in sync, the way the referee seemingly doesn't really quite know what to do, and then he's kind of corning it, and he turns into Apollo Crews beating up Big E, whilst I'm watching it going, the rest of us do actually know it's, Ended right. <laughs> it's so strange. Uh, such a weird ending to a and it was too like this is such a shame because this match was building like really well. 
Like, this is them saving it for WrestleMania. Uh, Apollo's post-match attack, I guess, got some heat back, but two damp endings in a row is not a great way to start a pay-per-view. And then immediately after, I get Braun Strowman versus Elias. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> this is not a good first hour. And like, at least it, like, it was short and sweet. Like, I used Strowman versus Elias to catch up on my notes. But there wasn't really much to it. Um, yeah, perfect note to this worrying, worryingly bad first hour of booking. <laughs> uh, yes, it meant to be Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. But uh, Shane McMahon... It was weird. During the week, they cancelled this match. Then on Friday, they started plugging it again. Then they had the video of Shane McMahon training and injuring himself. So maybe they found out Shane McMahon couldn't compete. Then they came up with an idea to actually do. That might be what they did. Uh, unless he was finally able, maybe on the day, uh, on Friday, and then it changed again today. It's wrestling. Yeah, nagging injuries and such. But they replaced him with Elias, and... Yeah, Elias got in a fair bit of offence. Like, thanks to Jackson Riker. I don't have an image for this match, obviously, because it wasn't announced ahead of time. But yeah, Elias got in a fair bit of offence thanks to Jackson Riker. But, like, after a minute, Brawny Baby had it handled. Like, big boy, do big boy slam for big boy win. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah. A last minute change of the card with Strowman and Shane being held out for WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. Inoffensive short match, which somehow also I was, wasn't paying that much. It never grabbed my attention. I caught up on my Big E notes. I, tr I watched the replay on Twitter. <laughs> Somebody got the footage from it. But, yeah, I... Uh, not a good first hour. But you heard of my positive stuff later. Like Seth Rollins, Shizuka Nakamura. Nailed it. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Absolutely amazing brawl fight of a match. Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton had the Fiend's return, which is, yeah, you're going to be, depends on how you view on that. And then the main event, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, set up the whole thing for WrestleMania and had a great match in the process. So that's what I mean by a really mixed show. It's, it's a match, it's a show of a crap first hour a genuinely really worryingly bad first hour then they kick it up with some fantastic wrestlings in the middle uh, Seth Rollins seems to get more Andrew McIntyre Sheamus back to back like Jesus <laughs> then you go to pure nonsense what's the random supernatural land of Bliss Randy Orson before your solid storytelling main event so yeah a real mixed show you got a variety of weird stuff <laughs> in this one uh, but I I feel a, it's mm, in terms of Wrestlemania I don't know if I'd say I definitely feel like a lot more positive about WrestleMania or excited for it go, coming out of this show. I would say they've set things up to at least go down the road. Where I was like, why haven't he kicked into this gear yet? There's so little time left. But those things did kick into gear. Again, like Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Just hope to God they don't team up on SmackDown. <laughs> like they've got to that point now. And uh, yeah, again with the Universal Championship as well. Drew McIntyre Sheamus absolutely leathered each other. And now Drew McIntyre can move on to Bobby Lashley. Just, and now Seth Rollins can move on to Cesaro as well, like to really kick into WrestleMania. And I guess Biggie's got his match with Apollo too. Like they've all gone that route. Oh, and there's one other thing to talk about before I sign off. <laughs> before I go, the United States Championship. I don't, I don't know why. I was meant to just talk about the losing a bit at the end, but yeah, Matt Riddle beat Safa Ali with a bro uh, Derek off of the off of Brett's rope in the corner. But the thing that afterwards was the members of Retribution, uh, Slapjack walked off and then Mason T-Bar, uh, like, sit down, double sit down choke slammed Mustafa Ali <laughs> and walked away. So immediately reports all over the place that Retribution have split. And that is it. That's them done. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I don't feel that's confirmed. <laughs> that's the case here. Uh, but they, yeah, they attack their leader. It doesn't mean Retribution is dead. Maybe they just got rid of Mustafa Ali. Maybe this was just them taking out their frustrations and they're not splitting up at all, given that Ali's already, he himself has let his anger off on them. Or they are killing the group dead. Because <laughs> it's, oh, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, it was interesting to see all the different news sites and some meters like, Retribution has split up. I was like, oh, have they, though? Have they, maybe they just dumped Mustafa Ali and they're going to continue as is. Uh, I mean, the only beat I might have changed, the reason it didn't, I didn't think have they definitely split up is for me to truly end retribution you take off the masks and they didn't do that <laughs> they they beat up Mustafa Ali but they're still the retribution characters it's not T-Bar is now going to be his true self he's not going to be held down or backed by Mustafa Ali anymore takes off his Mac to become Dij Dijak 
Dijakovic as he was in NXT. But no, no, he keeps his mask on. He's still T-Bar. <laughs> There's still those people with those ridiculous names. There's still those characters. They are not kind of breaking out of that into their own world. Uh, yeah, it's great to see. And you can probably tell if you're watching the video as well. Uh, I'm very blurry-eyed and very tired. I've done really well to read my notes. I'm rather proud of myself. Uh, yeah, but it's final pay-per-view before WrestleMania. And we found out who our champions are likely to be going into WrestleMania. Uh, we've got our run on... Uh, it's a lot more clear, especially on the SmackDown side, like what's going to happen going into WrestleMania. The cards are slowly coming together. And yeah, I, I always look forward to WrestleMania. Even if I don't 100% always enjoy the show, WWE nailed the spectacle. And I feel like the fact there'll be live fans, like for me, that's an absolutely kind of massive like, draw for this event is to see physical live fans at a wrestling show in America. Uh, it's for like a, a massive step towards normality, even if it's 35% capacity. It's like an absolutely massive step uh, towards normality. Yeah. Anyway, that is uh, the end of the Fastlane review. What did you make of Fastlane? You can hit me up on Twitter at the damn implicate. You can hit me up whilst I'm live. I'm normally live on Twitch at, what is it, 5pm GMT, which is lunchtime EST. So uh, that's normally when I'm live. Uh, noon, that's the word for it. It's <laughs> normally when I'm live on Twitch. Uh, I think that's a bit different because the clock's not changed yet, so it's probably like 1pm currently. But yeah, I'll be live on there playing Accuser. <laughs> so you can hit me up. Uh, also, uh, the Money Fan Cup column with Jeremy Donovan from the Keeping It Strong Style podcast will also hopefully be going up. To, it might be tomorrow, it might be early Tuesday, purely because of like having to cover Fastlane as well. I wasn't able to, like, yeah, the t- a the time zone, b having to do this <laughs> as well. I can't, I can't do both at once. <laughs> so, New Fan Cup uh, like final review is going to be a little bit later. But yeah, Fastlane, going into WrestleMania, I'm excited for WrestleMania. Uh, what did you make of The Fiend as well? Because that's obviously a massive one. Uh, hit in the comments on the Lords of Pain website. It's, oh, sorry, Wrestling Headlines website as well. Me on Twitter, at the uh, Damn Implicat. Wrestling Headlines Twitter, at Russell Headlines. Also on Facebook, which is just an uh, insane level of interactions, and uh, which I'll never understand what why things take off. <laughs> like, uh, for these reviews, I think quite often on Facebook, they'll either do really good numbers... Or really average numbers. And I'm, I don't know <laughs> what causes that at all. Maybe it's the show itself. It's got nothing to do with me. Uh, but yeah, I think it's interesting. Anyway, with that, I'm going to go to bed before my eyes come so blurry that I can't you know, safely lift all this uh, stuff that I've got to put away. <laughs> Behind the scenes stuff, there's a load of crap I have to move around every single show uh, before I do things just because it's, it's a, lot, a bit cramped right now because of lockdown. Anyway, I'm going to go away. <laughs> Special Mania season, baby. Uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Good night. Adios. Sayonara. Uh, to our, to our chaps.